Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're watching, it is the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. And we got the full cast here today to talk about this USC Arizona game at the Coliseum on Family Weekend. We'll go around the horn and say hello to everyone. We'll start with the queen of LAFB, Miss Candace Davis Price. How are you doing today? Fantastic. <laughs> feeling very, very, feeling very fallish, but I sent you guys a picture of uh, my gas prices, which was $3.18. So. And complaining yeah. about it. She was complaining about $3.18 gas. <laughs> no, I, wasn't. I was like, uh, so things are good. Okay, you, know that, you, know that, you know that meme of that like girl that gets all like the hot dogs hit her in the face? <laughs> I felt like that was that. Like no, you setting that price was just me just getting blasted with hot dogs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, ga- gas, Take- gas, out here. gas by my house is Tomorrow, $5.49. Is the same gas that I get here that you get Absolutely. There, is the same gas. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. No like, question about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, gas is five dollars and forty forty nine cents by my house. It's cheap by you. It's yeah, it's it's, six, it's seven dollars like by me. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's crazy. Does that hurt your soul? Does that hurt your soul? It's like, more than double. I mean, it's it, it it's very painful to my my soul is already it's beyond hurt. I mean, it's it's a point of no return for my soul. And Jamal, you have I, to use ninety one, right? To be hurt, you know. It's <laughs> Jamal, you have to use ninety one, right? Uh, ninety one. Yep. Yeah, Ooh, so even worse. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah when I had a Mercedes, I had to use my You know how when they when they pour the 40s out for their homies in South Central, <laughs> I'm gonna fill out for my homies. There you go. Yeah, thank you. So stop complaining about your 318. <laughs> I'm not, no complaints. And the mad scientist, the madman, Jamal Maggie, how you doing today? Doing well, Fred. You know, we're going to we're going to really sort of enjoy today, but I'll say I didn't think the highlight of the night was going to be Will Ferrell DJing the fraternity party uh, before the game actually started. I didn't know that would be the highlight of the weekend, but here we are. <laughs> and we have the CEO, the founder of LAFB, the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Dyroot. How are you doing coming back from your camping trip? What's up? Good. Yeah, a little, uh, not even 24 hours out of Malibu on the beach. Uh, it was nice. It's our, our new favorite spot out there, but... It's funny. I was telling. I think I was telling Jamal earlier. It's like camping is. It's mentally refreshing, but physically exhausting. So I am exhausted <laughs> right now. So I'm going to bed as soon as we're we're done with this. But it was it was nice. Good to be back though. Definitely. So the Trojans family weekend had the visiting Wildcats come and play three overtimes with a victory, 48-41. If I'm not 43, mistaken, 41-43-41. 43-41. Um. My opinion of this, and I and I want to ask you guys this question, and I'll ask it at the end. But my opinion of this was, I think this was the battle test that we were expecting to see. And and I said it, you know, when we did the preview show, I said Arizona is going to come and play tough. They had 37 kids from Southern California who felt like they should be going to USC, and they have to prove that they should have been at USC. And you get that all the time. Like the quarterback went to Servite. Like Orange County is the mecca for USC. Like if you're a USC alumni and you make half a million and up, you live in Orange County. And most like, in fact, Orange County is the only county where you can no longer register a license plate with any type of USC slogan in it because they use them all up. Right. So <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> where'd you, where'd you learn that? That's a nice little snapple fact. It was, it was a, <laughs> I actually saw it. I actually saw it on Facebook on KTLA five, like a while back. 
Love it. <laughs> I like, and oh, I love Ryan's description of Snapple facts. Snapple fact, you know, yeah. I remember back in the day with the Snapple, oh, yeah. you pop it open, oh, and there were some fun facts on the lid. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. So that that so I mean, I get it. And this was the battle test what that we needed. Get? What do you get when you say I get it? What do you get? <laughs> I just I just understand. I, I just under it's it's just the thing. Like everybody from Southern California feels like they should get a USC offer. And when those people don't oh, get a USC, okay, get when they don't get a USC offer and they go to a school within the conference, when they play USC, they have to show that they deserve a USC offer. This has been a thing even mm-hmm. when I played. Like, I remember we played Oregon, Mark Sanchez year, and he threw the pick when we were going down to win. And there was this dude standing outside of our locker room. Um, and his dad was standing with him. He's like, you didn't even offer my son. And he got a three sacks and this many, many tackles and this and that, and you guys didn't even get him offered. And he killed y'all today. Like, those are the things you have to deal with with dealing with USC. And Arizona came to play. I'm not taking anything from Arizona, and we didn't take anything from Arizona in the preview. I'm not taking any. Jeff Fish is doing an excellent job. And the unfortunate part is that Arizona is probably going to make a commitment to become a basketball school, and it is what it is. But Jeff Fish is in a position where he doesn't have to leave as long as he stays competitive. And he's like Mark Stoops, right? He could just stay there for the rest of his life, win 10 games one year, but he could win six, seven, eight, as long as he stays competitive. And Arizona's a competitive football team. The issue is the one thing I was worried about happened. And SC said, Caleb, go win the game for us. That can't be the recipe of a winning football program. And I've been asking for this for multiple weeks, just a complete game. And we have yet to see a complete game from the Trojans and we did not get a complete game. But here's my question I have for you guys. And I will go Ryan Jamal. We'll go Ryan Kansas and Jamal because um, I'm, we're going to get, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the most educated thesis from Jamal when I ask this question. So here's the question I have. If SC played, and I asked this game, I asked this game, I asked this question yesterday, Ryan. So I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna see what Jamal and Candace thinks. Um, if SC plays like they're supposed to, the prior five games, they play up to standard, they do everything they're supposed to do, they play complete games, they show up, they beat teams by 40 and 50 points, they play this game against Arizona, and it goes into three overtimes. Do we accept and just say, you know what, it's just one of those games where it's just hard fault and things just didn't go their way? Or are we still, because of the past performance of SC, we're not accepting of it and we're like, this is just unacceptable and we're getting the same thing. In fact, I'm going to go with Candace and then Jamal Ryan and then you could just rebuttal on what you said yesterday. Are you good with that? Yeah, 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 because we talked about it on the live yesterday. Yeah. So that's cool. Okay, so Candace, so my question if SC performs like they were supposed to the prior five games and then the game from last, the game from Saturday, they show up and just things weren't clicking. Would you just be like, you know what? We made it out and we got battle tested. Or are you like, they haven't been performing up to par. This is just typical SC. This might be typical SC to some people, but it's not typical SC to me at all. So when you say the standard and you say there's a complete like, I don't feel like there's a complete standard that's even been set, right? So, like, I feel like there's two different teams. There's truly an offense and a defense. So when you say they play up to the standard, what you mean? I just mean 
They should be beating ten, teams 42-6, 56-7, 70 to nothing, right? I just That's just what I mean. Like, So I'll give you an example. Oregon struggled in Zia Stafford at the farm. They end up winning 42-10. Washington State mm-hmm. struggled against Arizona. They still end up winning like 42-17 or something like that. Like So those teams are breaking away. SC doesn't break away, and they keep the games mm-hmm. close. You can right, make those, it super simple. They just cover every week because <laughs> the spread's always like 25, 30. They just cover every week. Right. So if they I, were I playing that, like that, where you be accepted of this game, like, all right, they just got battle tested and things just weren't clicking, but we got out of it. Or you're at the point now to where you're like, they, this is just what they are. I'm at the point where this is just what they are. The concerns that all of you guys have made, the concerns that we've all seen, it wasn't just a matter of battle tested. They're in the Coliseum. That wasn't a battle test. That was like, man, like winning the war. Arizona. So I was highly surprised. I was concerned. I vo- voiced this through text and on here. I literally thought it was a nightmare because I was dozing at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, this is not really happening right now. I was highly surprised. Um, I don't want to jump into it too much, but you touched on it. I just kind of felt like it was the Caleb Williams show, which is not a bad thing at all. But it just seems there was just no cohesiveness between the team at all. And that was like concerns, like bits and pieces that we had seen. So, yes, I was hoping for more like the puzzle pieces to come together and they didn't. And it's like, Ugh. and then we slide in the in the, uh, in the in the rankings. So it's just like, is everybody seeing the same thing? Everybody loves USC. And I say that lightly to be like, if you're not a USC fan and they're not playing against your favorite team, you want to see USC win. But I'm not. I went to football practice today and people had a lot of opinions about the shirt I had on. <laughs> Jamal, what do you think? Fred, I, I love the question. I, I think it was just such a such a brilliant question in terms of how you framed it. Because you said you're brilliant. Right? Yeah, no, it was a brilliant question. It really Before was, Fred. Because I, it's so fascinating what our reaction would be. I think if SC covered and looked good and looked dominant, looked comprehensive over the first five games, we'd probably be patting them on the back today and saying, man, what a great performance that was when they didn't have their fastball. They had their C-plus game against a team with a chip on their shoulder and a great coach in Jetfish and a great recruiter in Jetfish and all of these things. And they played an A-plus game and USC played a C-plus game and USC found a way to win. And that's what championship teams do. They find ways to win when the fastball isn't there. So I think the narrative today and going into the week would be a lot of patting them on the back for having things like grit and determination and being tough and not really needing to always have the game look pretty and rolling up their sleeves and winning a difficult game when it's challenging. The problem is, is that that's not the reality we live in because this is now a systemic problem with USC over six games. This is the first four games, like we talked about, against very subpar competition. And now the last two games, having been outgained both games, having lost the time of possession both games, having gotten fewer first downs than their opponent both games. They, they have statistically gotten completely outplayed over the last two games. So when you put that whole body of work together and you see this performance, it's no longer an outlier type of situation where this is actually a dominant team that happened to just not be dominant on one night. This is more a conversation right now. This team is just not that good. They're just who they are, and they're going to go as far as Caleb Williams' greatness takes them, 
And once they hit the wall, they're going to hit the wall. And we just have to sort of accept that. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think I need to add too much because I agree with both Candace and Jamal and you and I talked about it yesterday. The, the only thing I'll add, and this is what I said in the live, is if Caleb Williams plays like Caleb Williams is capable of, which he had an off night, especially in the first half. I mean, they go down 17 nothing. They go three and out the first three possessions. I mean, we've never seen the USC offense do that since Lincoln Riley's been here. So, um, And then they were still able to win the game. But if Caleb Williams plays like Caleb Williams, I truly believe they can beat any team in America. That being said, we've now seen that they can lose to any team in America because they, they don't have a backbone to stand on, on defense. When you need a critical stop, you think it's going to get done. I mean, the third down conversions were unreal. What Arizona was able to do. And even on offense, because they didn't have their fastball, I say bailed out lightly because it was lack of discipline on Arizona's part, but they got bailed out by a lot of critical penalties that were able to keep the offensive drive going. So I still think this team can beat anyone just because that's how good Caleb Williams is. But I truly believe they could lose to literally anyone. Like there's no team now where I'm like, all right, yeah, they're a 30 point favorite. They're going to pull away in the, in the second half. We've seen now that no, it's probably going to be a ball game every single game. And obviously they're playing really good teams the next six weeks. So it's going to be regardless, but even a team like Cal, it's like, I don't know, are they going to blow them out? Like they could lose them, but they can also beat Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon. So this is who this team is. They're six and zero, which is great. We're going to probably get, hopefully, get more positive here now. But they're a six and zero team that's just not a a dominant six and zero team. Yeah. So now, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'll just hold on to your question. I just okay. want to make a statement before you so, dig too deep into the. So I, I will say this, and maybe I'm just an ally on this. I just think it was just a bad day, right? Oof. And I know, I know. The, the the season hasn't been what we've been expecting and we've been seeing a lot of but yesterday was just truly a bad day and when I say a bad day I say a bad day as in the offense wasn't clicking right the defense was really not clicking and you know they just the special teams had mistakes like all three phases of the game were not on point right and we came out with the win because I, I truly believe this and coach girl taught us is better teams play better for longer periods of time but in this case one player plays played better than the rest of the team for a longer period of time the difference between arizona and usc is that jet fish made them tough but Air, usc is more athletic it's the same thing with kentucky kentucky was tough but they don't have the athletes to beat an elite team they didn't have the guys to beat USC, right? And and football, this happens. So I know we're looking at past performance and things like that, but in my opinion, it's just it was just a bad day. And I think this was like truly the test. Like, can they withstand and do they have the grit to get through something like this? And they did. Like, this isn't your normal, they're coming back to win in the fourth quarter and they pull it out. They had to play extra football and they – you know what I mean? Like they ran out of time and they had to legit say, all right, it's time to toughen up and make this happen. This might be the switch that flips it and be like, look, we can't play around with anybody anymore and we need to be who we're supposed to be. And that's what I'm hoping. But I'm kind of taking this as like this. It just happens. Right. And unfortunately, like I said before, like we had so many of the times where they should have been a blowout. And then like Colorado, they let them come back. We struggled with other teams and things like that, but Arizona state. And, but I just think that it was a bad day and we're so used to not covering the spread or not playing like we want them to play 
that when they have a bad day, we think it's normal. That, that wasn't a normal performance by SC or SC's offense in any case. So I think this is the one where you really have to be like, all right, you guys, it's time to really get it together. Like, let's go. No more playing around. Like, we got it out of our system. We got to get through this grinder and get through it. So all in all, I'm not disappointed with this performance. I think they were truly tested this week, and I think they passed the test, in my opinion. But you don't have to, you don't have to agree with me. But I just, just looking at them, like they truly got tested this week, and they got through the test, and and I'm proud of them because they did stand tough, right? They could have easily folded their heads after that kid got botched, and they could have lost that game. But they they held to their they held to their guns, and they they got out of it, and that happens sometimes. I just wish that their prior performances were way better. So like Jamal said, the narrative could be way better. We could be talking about, all right, this team is ready to win a national championship. They could withstand anything. So yeah. Candace, you ready for your question or. And Candace, I'd love to go after you. <laughs> so to touch back on that, they're consistently being not good at the things that they're consistently being not good at. So when we say, oh, it's a bad day, it's not a bad day. The things that they weren't good at, they were really not good at, like really not good at. And then Caleb, like, yeah, he's incredible, but he's doing the same consistency every week. So when we say uh, the bad day, like, I I can't accept it. I can't. But I Nah, I Caleb was really bad. Caleb was like, what, Ryan, like, he only he didn't, have, he didn't have 100 yards till three, two minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> so, he only had yeah, one passing touchdown. Like Caleb was not Caleb, but Caleb oh, put on a Heisman performance by scoring three rushing touchdowns. So a bad day for Caleb is still four touchdowns, but Caleb wasn't Caleb on Saturday. I mean, maybe not. I mean, USC's team is magical if they match Caleb Williams's level of athleticism, bottom line. But I, that wasn't even what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask Jamal and Ryan and Ro might know this. What, would, what do you say the percentages of transfers are on that active roster? For SC? Yeah. You said there was like Probably 22 40, guys, right? 40%, I would say. Yeah, it's really okay. high. So this, this is where I'm going with this. Stay with me. There has always been a level of standard at USC. And like you said, there's guys that came with a chip on their shoulder that thought they should be going to USC. USC was, when I was there, was like, we were the fastest track team. We were Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, that level. Like we talk about it all the time, the backups to Reggie, the backups to Matt would be starters anywhere. These kids that are transfers, SC was not, let's make it clear, USC was not choosing them first. So my thoughts are Yeah, of but like, Bear Alexander went to Georgia and they're a two-time national champion. I mean, the point that I'm making is, <laughs> I mean, the point that I'm making is, is that there's this implant of Riley and there's this implants that are now at USC that to me, I still have, I still struggle with, I still grapple with that. I'm like the standard of you. And like you said all the time, what you have with Pete, like every recruiting, every player, everybody that was coming in, there was a certain level of standard. So now when I see these players and I don't see them gelling, I don't see them meshing, I'm wondering like, well, yeah, maybe you think you're ready for USC and maybe you think you're at this standard of football, but, but it's different. It's different than the big 12. It's different than the ACC. It's different. Can I, you would agree with that Al? Yeah, it it is different, but I think the, the the landscape of college football has changed, right? And I think the transfer portal is a thing that you do need to succeed in today's game. And like I said yesterday, if it, if it was me, 
if it was me my first year, if it was me my first year, I will be maybe 70, 30 high school recruit transfer portal. This year, I'll be 60, 40 high school recruit transfer portal. The, the, the third year, which is next year, I'll be 60, 40 high school recruit transfer portal. So I will be creating a culture and setting a standard to the point to where I'm 90, 10 high school recruit transfer portal. And that's just me. But in today's landscape for football, the transfer portal is just it's you need the transfer portal today because well, but the idea of and I don't I mean, like you said, the landscape is now trained. We don't have to dig too deep in it. But yeah. the point that I'm making is back in the day, you were a team full of freshmen like Zachariah Branches. You weren't three years developed and 26 years old and then being able to be a star back in the day. Like when I came to USC, there was 12 scholarships. And the entire like 12 scholarships from the entire nation they had to pull. So when I think of there was 55 scholarships and everyone had Clay Matthews was a walk on. Right. So now the idea of that these guys are two and three years into college, they're now developed and they have to transfer into USC. USC didn't want them two and three years ago. Fair to say. I I, I, I don't know. Okay. Well, Maybe, you know, well, I, I'm just saying. I don't know. Candace, I'd love to. I'd love to jump in here. Yeah. I think it's it's Candace's turn to to have a brilliant answer. You know, Fred asked a brilliant question earlier. I think Candace's answer was brilliant, and I think it's it's interesting, Candace, that you mentioned this because I've I've talked to some other people who kind of feel similar to you in 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 that regard. Where the transfer portal, I'll, I'll give an example here with the two schools in LA. So. If you look at UCLA in terms of the transfer portal, they are now having access to players that they were not able to get two and three years ago. So they're able to kind of level up on USC side. They are now having access to player that they did not want two and three years ago. And so potentially you could be leveling down. And that is actually what's creating a little bit more parity in college football with the transfer portal. That's what Matt Leinert was saying the last couple of days on social media and, and on Fox about how the transfer portal has enabled more parity in this game. So I, I see both sides of it. And I think what Candace's point is saying is it's not just talent, but there's also an element of chemistry. When, when everyone is kind of a one-year rental, when everybody is LeBron in Miami, you've got 12 LeBrons in Miami, then when the going gets tough, do those values, does that culture, does that chemistry enable you to push over the line? And I think that's the question that we're going to see unfold here with the Lincoln-Riley era moving forward. We're, we're, seeing it un, we're seeing it unfold. I'm watching the game with my husband, who was an all-star college player, an all-star um, high school player, and a first pick of the second round. I'm like, why are they missing tackles? That's peewee. I don't have to draw fancy defenses to say, why are we missing tackles? So the chemistry of you pull a guy from Oklahoma, you pull a guy from everyone's different defensive scheme, and then we put him out there and say, all you're supposed to do is tackle, and we can't even tackle right. So that's where I'm saying that the chemistry, I didn't play football. I didn't do X's and L's, but I can I can look enough to analyze and say, what, what's going on? Like, what's going on, tackles? I also think, Candace, that I think they're missing tackles, and I, and I could be wrong. Well, that I was just one missing, example. No, 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 I know. But I think they're missing tackles because they're in such a complex defense that they're constantly thinking. So when it comes down to doing the basic stuff, they're, they're struggling there, too, because they're like, should I be here? They still are struggling to line up. You know what I mean? Like that means if you're struggling to line up and ask your husband, that means it's too complex. You need to dumb it down somewhere. 
You know what I mean? Like, if you're struggling to line up, that means you have way too much going on. And somewhere, someplace, you need to just dumb it down. Like, look, you line up here. This is the only place you line up. They're overthinking and overthinking sometimes. And Jamal, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're the you're the mad scientist. But sometimes overthinking can cause you to even malfunction on the basic skills. Oh, for sure. You know, overthinking what I mean? is the cause of stress, hair loss, yeah. all of it. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, are you overthinking a lot? <laughs> I guess. You know? so, We've got some what? real thinkers on the show. Okay, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, <laughs> no, so like that. That's just. I think. I think that. I think that the missed tackles just go to overthinking because they're getting it. They're getting to. They're get rallying to the ball so late sometimes that I think it's just like. It's just it's just a fact of overthought. Jamal, what were you going to look? Wait, Jamal, before we hold on to your answer to my rip to rebuttal mine, before we go, I just want to let you guys know that it's baseball playoffs. NBA is starting. NHL is starting their season on Tuesday. We got college football. We're in the thick of Formula One also. And if you want to get some money on all that and get all the latest lines and great deals, go to betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the best place to go to get in on all the sports, even if you want to do a multi-sport parlay. BetOnline.ag has that for you. Go to BetOnline.ag and put a promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and we will give you a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Jamal, what is your rebuttal? Yeah, so Fred, I, I I really appreciate what you're saying. Hold on, Jamal. About... Jamal, before you do it, just take it yeah. easy on me because I told you before we started. You're no, gonna, you're gonna it's rip very pictures. easy. It's very easy. <laughs> I I really appreciate what you're saying here, Fred. But I I respectfully disagree, and and here's why. Uh, Fred, you remember when you were talking about you know the SC kind of passing the test, you know, this Saturday night, and you know they they made it happen, and it was a war. You remember that movie Billy Madison yes. that Sandler was in, and remember yes. when he was a grown man. When he passed the test every grade and they threw a big party for him, you know, in his father's mansion, like he's a grown man and he passed like the fourth grade and then they Mm -hmm. throw a huge party for him. Like that's what this kind of reminds me of is the USC is Billy Madison. Arizona was the fourth grade and you're Billy Madison's dad, you know, throwing (laughs) a huge party for him. <laughs> that that's the equivalent of the test uh there because at the end of the day i think arizona played phenomenally this is still a six seven win team at the end of the day if all falls right for them so this really shouldn't be a situation but what i'll say fred is this was a tale of three games you know there were there was the first game where sc fell behind 17 nothing and it really was a factor of arizona rushing three dropping eight and i think Caleb had an off game, no question about it. But I think there was a little bit of stubbornness on Lincoln Riley's part to keep forcing the ball down the field through the through the air with eight guys back there. And then I think the second phase of the game, look, people forget the second phase of the game, SC outscored Arizona 28 to three. Now they started running the ball. They started respecting, you know, the dropping of the eight. And it was a situation where Arizona was sort of shooting themselves in the foot. And then, of course, there was the third chapter of the game where it was 28-20. You thought SC was going to be able to salt this away. Arizona gets the touchdown, gets the two, and then all hell kind of breaks loose the final five minutes of fourth quarter in overtime. So for me, Fred, if this was truly an elite team where they just didn't have their fastball and they were able to overcome it, you fall behind 17 nothing, and then you finish the game strong. The fact that we had that third piece where even after 28-20, they let Arizona back in the game and with an opportunity to win, that is the deeper concern to me. 
the if, if there was a switch, that switch should have come on at 17 nothing and never gone back off. The fact that the switch went back off at 28-20 tells me they're not really paying their electric bill. They don't have the money for their electric bill. <laughs> and so that's the problem here moving forward with this team. Because let's be honest here, Fred, the whole stadium, I was there when Fish, when they got that first hit to Jacob Cowing, and it became 35-34, the whole stadium thought they were going to go for two. I don't know why they didn't go for two. If they went for two, they probably would have gotten it and, and won this ball game. And if you recall, in sort of the pregame, Fred, remember the one thing I said where we would see some improvement would be if McMillan and Cowing both were under 100 yards, if you recall. Look yep. at what Cowing did. 150-plus yards, four touchdowns. I thought so about again, that the whole just time. A glaring, a glaring situation there. So that's where I would respectfully disagree with you as to why I'm not a believer in this team just yet. Okay, I got you, definitely. So I'm going to throw a pop quiz on you guys, and we'll start with Ryan. And Ryan, I'm just giving you a break because you went camping. I know you're a little bit exhausted. But we're 6-0. and oh. We're halfway. You're making me go first. Yeah, this is this <laughs> is my easy. break. Is I have to go first? Well, you know, we've been we've been just hanging out, and you you know, here drinking a cocktail. You're in the corner just zerping. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So we're halfway through. It's time for midterm grades. Got six games left. Halfway through. Ryan, what is your grade for SC right now? Oh, uh... pop quiz. Y'all didn't know this is coming. I did, yeah. but y'all didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't want to be too overly critical. I'll go C plus, um, and that's probably generous. But you know, you're six and zero, so six and zero. You're still ranked ten in the country. You got the best player in America at quarterback. Um, so it's they could be a lot better. Obviously, we don't need to keep pounding the same thing. But I'll, I'll go C plus. Uh, let's see here. I'll go with Jamal. You know, I, I think that's a, a very fair assessment. If I were to break it down, Fred, I would say offense A+. Plus. I would say defense D. And I would say special teams F. So, and then when you sort of, you know, make the weighted average there, it, it probably nets out to about a C+. Plus. So I agree with Ryan. So you said, you said, you said, you said offense A, so that's four. A offense A+. Plus. Defense, uh, defense, defense D. D, so that's one, and, so that's five. And special teams F. <laughs> F. So. Oh, that's a C, so it, the, when you divide it, yep. There Hold you on. go. Candice, go ahead. I, my initial thought straight in my mind was like CC plus, which seemed kind of generous, but... Mm. 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 That, sh- that shows the expectations when you're 6-0 and and you get a round of C pluses. <laughs> Guys, come on, man! They're six and zero. Like, what's wrong with you guys? They're six and zero. Right, but I wanted to in the nation. This is an A plus. Yeah, you got to stay top ten. Like, we're slipping and holding on to ten. Like, let's just go there with it. But Jamal, your analogy was great. Like, I was just disappointed because there was this expectation at SC. Like, when you score a touchdown, and not that I'm using an analogy, like act like you've been there. And the amount of roar on the sidelines was like we had beat our crosstown rival. It wasn't like, all right, cool, what, you know, snap and clear on to next week. It just seemed like there was just so much like, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like, really? And and that was surprising to me as well. I was just like, I know this has nothing to do with X's and O's, but that's that implanted USC culture. That would never have happened in my mind with the Ogerons, the Sarkeesians, like the Kiffin. 
That would never have happened. There would have never been worth celebrating because we beat Arizona. Those implants that are bringing themselves into USC, they're not true USC culture. Neither is their AD. So go she's watch, the top. Go, the watch, go watch the Cal game when they went into two overtimes and they won by a field goal with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and all those people. It was the exact same celebration. And Cal wasn't yeah. even ranked when they yeah, played. Yeah, I mean, but. When Sean Cody got the block. Like, I mean. I kind one of thought that might have been there. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> For me, you know, I don't see the, I don't overanalyze a game, you know, very differently than you guys. I see athletes, I see performance, I see grit, I see grind, but I have been saying this from the beginning, like USC's level of excellence, the experience, and I'm here in Ann Arbor and I've been to multiple different colleges and universities. It's just not the same. These people that are okay, these are these implants and that's the standard of it. And that's like we like that's just the reality of what like Jamal says it is what it is and that that frustrates me because me at USC if we barely beat the Bruins or something like we're like yeah we're not talking about that if we're not shutting them out there's no conversation and they were it just seemed different so you're right I think everyone else was like oh we're this we were battle tested by who who were you battle tested by I mean. It happens. It a happens. Team that's not even teams. invited to another conference. I hear they are invited, but so this is Who this is. Them? They're in the Big Twelve. Jamal, Jamal made 12. a great, great oh. Billy Madison reference, and so I'm going to reference another great movie, Anchorman, <laughs> with Will Ferrell and Candace. In that movie, he says the times they are a changing. So no longer <laughs> is this a, this isn't a Pete Carroll era anymore. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's a new, it's a new so, era. After 15 years of mediocrity, you know, I think we. Yes, this is a C yeah. plus team, but hey, we'll take six and zero because two years back to back six and zero, it wasn't like that for the last fifteen years. So this is a, to me, I give but right, plus it was. There's, right. Hold on, I wait, mean, let me get, know, let me it, get it my was. grades. I mean, okay, okay. This to me, I mean, they're six and zero. They're number ten team in the nation. This is an A plus team. Any team that's six and zero. No, I'm joking with you guys. <laughs> I'm joking. Hey, Ryan, cut the lights. Cut the lights. Ryan. <laughs> I, I no. was just gonna say. I mean. Look, it, they, this team was six and zero in in 2012 when they were the number one team in the country, unfinished business, and they finished seven and six that year. This yeah. team was six and zero with, with Darnold, and they had three losses and got beat down by Ohio State in the bowl game. So it's not like Ryan. This team has never been six and zero since Pete Carroll. This team has been five and zero, six and zero, six and one a lot, and it's been just the cha- the difference between now and then is just their ability to finish. So. You know, for those that have kind of been around the block a few times, we've sort of seen this narrative play out a little bit, and and I think they just need to do more. So my great though, my great honestly is I think they're I give them a D, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. The biggest reason why I give them a D is because the culture is bad, and they keep saying this every week, and this was the week that it finally just struck my nerve. They're happy with saying a win is a win. And they're happy with saying, as the game goes on, we get stronger. And that's not true. If you're going to live by that, <laughs> then you're yeah. you're definitely contradicting yourself. You're contradicting yourself because you're saying, and that is a culture problem. You're saying that, oh, as long as we win, we win and we're good. And you're saying, but if you keep playing us, we're going to get stronger. <clears throat> that's two opposite things. If you're going to go by a win is a win and we're going to score more than you, <clears throat> that's fine, and we'll accept that. If these games are going to be close, it is what it is, and we'll take that. But if you're going to say as the game goes on, we're going to get stronger, as we get deeper into the quarters, you should be running away, and you should look strong. You're not looking stronger in the late quarters. So if that is the model, and that is the mantra of your team, 
you have not lived up to that expectation as of late and you are not performing at average or above average or below average. And that's why I'm giving this team a D. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yep. So let's you know what was funny on. at the start of the show for our viewers? Fred was the one who said, let's keep it positive, you know, so <laughs> I am being, I, I mean, you know, so. I, am I being, it, it, was I negative? If it was negative, I totally apologize. <laughs> like, but like, I'm no, just, no, I'm no. just, I'm just being honest. Like you're saying that your motto is as the game goes on, we get stronger, but as the game's been going on, you haven't been getting stronger. So if you live up to that model, then if that's your model, your team, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And so that's a D. So definitely, I mean. I guess I get, <laughs> I mean, um, and I wait out before you, I, I don't want to touch on it too more, but when I think of like a Zachariah branch, I think of like, that is a true SC guy. That's a true SC guy, a huge, big five-star recruit. That's what I, when I saw the game, I did not see that same consistency among all the athletes. I got you. Yeah. And they're clearly missing him, missing him. Yeah. They're, they're clearly right. missing him. Clearly, clearly went need him back. Hopefully it gets healthy. Just want to let you guys know that uh, Salute to Troy is brought to you by Stone Brewery. Go to your local vendor retailer and get you a Fight On Pell today. That's Stone Brewery. Fight On Pell Fight On. Hey, so let's move forward. We got Notre Dame coming up this week. We'll talk about it later in the week. Coach, but, real quick. Can I, can I ask one, like, random question? Yeah, you can ask whatever you like. What would you guys think of – What do you guys think of uh, – Yeah, I know, as I'm rubbing my shiny-ass <laughs> head. Uh, what would you guys think of the new overtime rules? I like love it. The first season with the new I love rules, it. giving you know have to do two point in the second round, and then it goes straight to just two points. What do you I say? love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love every bit of it. That's so exciting. I love it. I loved it. I don't it was, know. How. It was fascinating how many media members in the press box had no idea what the f was going on. Like everyone's like, why are they not? Kicking <laughs> the extra, why are they not kicking the extra point in the second overtime? And it's like, well, they're the new rules. You have to go for two. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the the two point conversion. That 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 right there elevates the excitement of the game because you're like all right so what are they gonna do i will tell you this if jeff fish runs tossed the other way we're going into four for sure he runs (laughs) tossed to the field we're going to the fourth overtime we we got so lucky i think he just got excited like just run toss and then man it's just the other way hey so uh notre dame coming up this week what would you guys like to see improved from the arizona game i'll go with you first candace dominance I, I, I want to see some dominance. I want to see, yeah, I just want to see them dominate. Um, I don't need fancy and shiny. I want dominance. I want consistency. Um, I want Caleb to be able to have a rhythm that it's not, he is a, he's a mega star. He's a, you can't dim that light, but just some support. I didn't, I don't want to dive too deep again with the O-line, but it wasn't just that they weren't good. Jamal talked about it, like the grit, you know, Caleb pushing his whole body through to get a touchdown. I just saw his guys kind of wandering when Caleb's scrambling all over. And I'm like, you see how Tom Brady used to talk to his guys, his offensive line, like the protection of thinking like if Caleb jams a pinky, they're just, it just didn't have that same. So I want, I want that offensive line to protect him. Like he's Tom Brady. I want them to have that level of buy-in. I feel like even when I saw Caleb, I just, Again, I don't know him. I know his dad a little bit. From the- yeah, you guys are show? friends. You guys are great yeah. friends. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. I, just felt a, I, I felt, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. You guys were there, but athlete to athlete, just a little bit of um, 
disconnect with his team in the sense that he has it on his back, but there's no real celebration because it, it's un, he's predictable, but everything else isn't. And I feel like with this, with a player like that, he deserves consistency. He deserves to know I'm not going to, we're not going to be sitting on the sideline for three and four possessions. Why our defense can't do it. You know what I mean? So I guess dominance, protecting Caleb and consistency. To your, to your point on that, I think they just know Caleb is going to do that. I think they're like, Maybe. oh, we don't have to worry about it. Caleb's going to do it. And that, they got remember, then, like, this is just our opinion. But I think they're like, right. oh, we have Caleb. We should be okay. I think that's legit a, a thought do in you? that locker room. I think. That's I, their culture. That's their yeah. culture. Because as they're blitzing and coming with everything they got, the offensive line are kind of just like dangling around. I'm like, bro, take his head off. Like he's coming for the Caleb Williams. The guy that can potentially change your draft pick if you if you block for him. And they're just kind of like, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So unless it's scripted that they're not supposed to block so he can run around there and, and look theatrical, it's not the <laughs> NFL, it's college football. The script. It's the script. <laughs> it's the script. It's Ryan, the script. What, Ryan, what would you like to see? What would you what improvements you would like to see? Yeah, we'll we'll get into it obviously more later in the week, but Simply put, just consistency uh, all around, offensively and defensively. Um, I know we obviously every week, as we should, hammer the defense. But you know, there was times when they, you know, Kalen Bullock shot out of a cannon to knock that two point conversion away. Obviously, at the end of the game, Mason Cobb reads it perfectly that toss play for the big tackle. Um, there were moments where you see these guys step up, and it looks like a productive defensive unit. And then obviously there's moments where there's just incompetence, 17 missed tackles again. So just consistency, because if they can do it, drive in and drive out, that's why I said, I think they can beat anybody, but because they're so inconsistent, that's why they can lose to anybody. Yeah. So this is an inconsistent, a consistent game. We'll see Alfred. If we get all four quarters, I don't know if we'll get there yet, but Hey, if we can get closer to consistency maybe we'll get closer to that. Jamal, 14 pages, Times New Roman, 12-point font, single space. No, no, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm going to save the, the, the Times New Roman 14 single for our, our preview on, on Thursday. The, hey, the if one I had thing 14 say, font in high school, I would have had a lot longer essays. So that was nice. Right? Of me to give them 14 font. Listen, the key, okay, the key font. to sort of extending length, everyone knows this, okay, from high school, is you got to go new career. Or yep. you got to yeah. go Helvetica, okay? That's yeah. that's yeah. where the game is won, okay? No, do you know, times new Roman. No monster. times new Roman. No times. <laughs> you know the real. <laughs> do you know the real secret that I used to do? Take the margins just, away. Not even the margins. If you just increase the size of the periods, it it. Oh yeah. No. Like if, if the yep. whole if the whole essay is size twelve and you put the periods to size like eighteen, it's not noticeable no. enough. But yep. it like, oh yeah. Yeah, Crazy. it gives you like four extra things. Yeah, because it, it'll too. it'll change the the line difference, right? Because yeah, yeah. even if one character is a bigger font, it drops the whole next line lower, yeah. right? Oh yeah, I learned that at SC. Long Beach State, yeah. baby, come on, let's go, <laughs> hey, Beach. Hey, I learned that at SC, and not only that, my my learning specialist taught me that. She was like, "You're like four pages really? short." Yeah, she was like, "Watch, I'll fix this for you." And she was like, "Find all your periods," and she was like, "Hit Control F." Put just put the period, and then she went to some edit thing, and she put them all at like eighteen, and my shit just shot to like six pages. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> all right." There you uh, go. Shout out to SAS. SAS, <laughs> oh man, maybe SAS can come and coach the defense with that there ingenuity. You, you know, that would be that would be amazing. Um, no, I'll, I'll I'll save Fred kind of the analysis for Thursday. But the one thing I'll say, kind of qualitatively, I I had a really good friend at the game as well, 
and and you know saw him afterwards and he said you know that game kind of felt like an old school laker game where in crunch time the lakers just kind of gave the ball to kobe and got out of the way and how fitting was that on that last play that they literally moved the whole line to the left and they basically just said caleb one side of the field i mean it felt like an nba game it was an absolute iso for your best player to go win the game. It was the most NBA ending I've ever seen in an NFL and or college game ever. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. All right. So what I would like to see improved, and we're going to go to the prize fix whiteboard. So let me know. Let's see when this pops up. Here is uh, that two here we go conversion with the, the Times New Roman 14 font, <laughs> eight pages. Okay. So here we go. This is the this is the play where they scored the touchdown, right? And so you see that they have it here. And this is Shane Lee. This is Mason Cobb, Kalen Bullock. This is DB. I don't know who 16 is. I don't know who 22 is. And this is the safety that spoke in Colorado. Who's the safety that spoke in Colorado? He was upset, Bryson Ryan. Shaw. Bryson Shaw. Bryson Shaw, right? So the issue here is that they're so hard on taking away the inside, right? So let's just say they brought the back. And let's say they took this guy and they brought him back and made him the back, right? All that does is move this guy back here. If they run play action and go back across this way, then then you have nobody in the flats because this guy ran this guy ran the pivot out. So if he would have ran slant, he runs slant, and this guy play action goes to the flat wide open. So there you go, Jamal scheme problem, right? So how do you fix it, right? We always talk about how we fix it. So this is how USC lined up. And like I said, if we were to take this guy and we put him here, right, and we take him and we run him to the flats, these guys are playing. And here's the issue, too. They were playing flat out zero. They were in man coverage. You have a man for a man. That guy goes to the flats, you take it. So how do you fix it, right? No matter what you do, let's say they're an empty or whatever. You run a play that's called fence. And just for this system, right? Uh, we don't have it. So we're going to say this is the end zone. The, what is 45? Yeah, 45 but I, but it's 10 yards. That's um, So it's 40? kind of throwing me off. Yeah, 40 is the back of the zone. Okay. All right. So if we're saying this is the end zone, right? And this is a play you can run five yards and in. You run a play that's called fence. And all you do is you line up a fence. You take these guys, you tell them heels on the end zone, heels on the end zone. I'm going to take this guy here because we have more receivers here. Heels on the end zone, heels on the end zone, heels on the end zone. And we'll just do like I normally do. We'll go, we'll go uh, three to the strength. We'll go here. This guy's a stand up guy. So we want to put him here and hope he doesn't get cracked. You got a three and a five of the weak side, right? So. Fence is the simplest, and when I first learned this defense, I fought it by the guy who taught me this until I actually saw it run, and it works every single time. Fence is the simplest rules. If you get any inside route, you catch, carry, and deliver. And what do I mean by catch, carry, and deliver, right? So catch, carry, means if the guy runs at me, I catch him. If he goes inside, I carry him, and I deliver him to the next man inside of me, right? So these two guys... Well, we'll start over here. These guys on that play, they all ran slants. I catch, carry, and deliver. 
I catch, carry, deliver, catch, carry, deliver, right? So this guy will deliver him to the rover. This guy, the rover would then deliver it to strong safety. Strong safety now delivers it to the linebacker, which was Mason Cobb, right? Over here, you want to catch, carry, and deliver. This guy ran slant, right? If I'm not mistaken, he either ran slant or he ran a go. He ran a go. That's right. So now, here you go. You get anything vertical, you have to carry it. Boom. But this guy now becomes the end man, which makes him the end guy on the line of scrimmage. If I get any side, any inside route, and this is where it changes, and this is where you get protected, I catch, carry, and deliver. Only way I deliver him is if I get I see, I legit see the man. So as I catch him and I'm carrying him, I have to see my next guy. So if I see my next guy that's on the team, I could go and give it to him because I know this guy is coming to me, right? So he ran a pivot. He pretty much just juked his ass out of his shoes because his eyes were terrible, but that's another incident. So he comes to him. I catch him. He runs the out route. I now go with him because these two are now eliminated, and this guy becomes the last guy on the line of scrimmage. So how does this help you, right? So let's just say this guy comes back here, right? He comes back here, and this guy runs anything to the flat, right? So he goes to the flat. Now I get one guy that comes over with me because I know where the next threat is. I have the numbers. I have three guys on two, right? If you want to count this guy, I have four on three. Now I need to make sure I have one more guy that's going to come over here at the snap of the ball so I can at least get three on three. Right now I have two on two if I get three on three. So if this guy runs it out and he runs the flat, I'm now over here because I have the flats and the flats are protected, right? Fitz defense, very simple, right? So then we go back and you go to the two-point conversion. And they switch up the formation on them, right? They go what I call, I call this Trey Y off. It's multiple people call it different things. Normally, a tray is a tight end with two receivers, right? So I will call the strong gun tray Y off. If the tight end was on, I'll call it strong gun tray. If he's over here, it will be weak gun tray or tray Y off. Neither here nor there. Just a little tip. So we move it to tray Y off. We put our guy here. We go here for tray Y off. Now we have the back back in the backfield. Was it weak or strong? Let me check real quick. Strong. Oh, strong. He ran four to a side. That's tricky. Four to a side gets gets interesting. Okay, so <clears throat> you run Trey Y off. How much do right? you love doing this, Alfred? I love this. I love talking ball. He loves it. He loves it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So we go Trey Y off. Right. Nothing changes for us in fence. The only thing is we have to alert this guy and say, "Hey, you might have one more, so you have to protect the middle." When you count the numbers. The numbers on change one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right? Four to a side. This guy has the same rules. I catch, carry, and deliver. Anything goes inside. I give the in call. Remember, always give an in call so he knows that it's coming in. Catch, carry, and deliver. So I get any type of out route. This was a one on one route, and they're running man coverage down on the goal line. That's something I just don't believe in because of the reason you get beat, right? So they run the exact same route. They're like, they're going to give a zero again. We're going to take it. Hills on the sideline. This guy runs out. Simple. I take it. I'm the flat player and man on the line of scrimmage. Not only that, I have an extra guy here. So if nothing comes, right, let's just say they go flats out there, right? So here's the deal. So this guy runs a pivot, right? So I catch, carry, and deliver. But I have to remember, I am still the end man on the line of scrimmage. So once I deliver it, I have a responsibility, right? So he runs a pivot. I'm still here. Right. So cat's carry delivery is 
in this situation, I know I have help to the inside. And a lot of people say, and this is where I argue with the guy who taught me this, like, you got to take away the inside. We got to take away the inside. And he always said, no, we don't, because we have somebody on the inside. That gap is not there, right? Because our initial first movement for these guys is to protect the outside. So if everybody protects the outside, he instantly takes a step into the slant window, right? Because he's like, oh, where's the next thing coming? And that's the way it's taught. So he runs the pivot out. He catches it. He, and then as soon as he delivers it, he's still right there. So as he runs the pivot, it'll run right into him. He doesn't have to chase it like he was chasing it. So the problem was he was in man and he was chasing it. And then he ended up over, over pursuing it. And then you get the pivot out. If I'm delivering it and he runs a pivot out, he runs right into me. Not only that, if it's done right, he ends up in the right situation. It turns into a pick six and they would have won the game right then and there. So those are the things that I think they could fix. That was your price picks X's and O's for Salute Char this week. So just a little numbers thing. Like they still have numbers and issues. So if you go to Prize Picks, download the app or go on the website, you get a a match bonus up to one hundred dollars. Put in promo code LAFB. I mean, excuse me, USC LAFB, and you get up to one hundred dollars match. Prize picks where fantasy begins. All right. So those are things I want to fix. Oh. I like talking football. We should just get like a <laughs> we should get an LAF. Can I get it, Ryan? Can I get an LAFB like X's and O's show? I just have to get access to the film. I could just be on here for three hours. That's <laughs> not what this show is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> no, but so just the numbers, man. And like I said, I just want to see a complete game. And I'm probably gonna say that when we record earlier in the week. I just want to see a complete game. I'm just a complete game. Trojans is a scary team. I'll tell you that right now. You get a complete game from the Trojans, they're a scary team. So it is what it is. It is what it is. We keep moving on. We got Notre Dame next week. Trojans 6-0 undefeated. Going to South Bend. And we'll continue the good fight, guys. So hopefully we make some improvements. We got a big game coming this week. Good thing is Notre Dame lost the game. But I have some interesting facts. And Jamal, we're, Jamal, we're, they lost two games. You're right. They just lost this past week. I'm, I apologize. Yeah. Jamal, we're going to have a fun conversation on Thursday. I just want to let you know that. When do we not, Fred? When do we not? Yeah. You know, you're this sort one, of qualifying it like it's an exception. It's the rule. This this might be like this might be like Candace and Colorado week because I, I, have, <laughs> I have some interesting thoughts about Notre Dame. You know, I, I, I'll just give everybody a prelude to what they're going to see. I never thought Notre Dame was a very good football team. I thought they were kind of blah and boring. So I'll just leave it right there. So, Can yep. I can I give everyone some homework for the next What's episode? That? What's that? As the the lone non-USC alum, since all you guys went, I want all of you to have one great USC Notre Dame story for our preview show. So oh, like, a personal story or like a game story? I mean, if you have a personal one, that's even better. Okay. But if not, just <laughs> no, a game no, story no. is fine. <laughs> just a game story. But I, hey, I booked my flights today. I'm going, I'm going to South Bend. I'll be out there. I can't wait to experience... Uh, this with the the Trojan fans that travel, but I would love to hear from all you that got to experience it while you're in school. A nice, a nice story. So there's your homework for Thursday. Are you Mission going? To, are you going to? Uh, are you are you going to practice this week? Yes, I will be at practice okay. this week. Cool, perfect, definitely. Well, guys, do your homework. Make sure you have it all time. Hey Jamal, I'll be calling you. To get a couple answers. <laughs> Alfred's going to be extending the, the period font for this. <laughs> As always, it's been fun. Our chosen are six and oh. 
And we'll just keep moving on. Let's let's just keep our chin up and we'll it'll get better. It will just we're moving on and we're gonna keep going. Always remember, like our girl Candace says, if you want to save on your grocery bill, go to drinkag1.com backslash lucha troy and you get five free travel packs and a year's worth of immunity boost. That's drinkag1.com backslash salute troy. I appreciate you guys. Thank you as always. It's always fun. We're going to South Bend. We're halfway there. We'll see you guys next time. This has been the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. Live free, fight on.